Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camado here with episode 12 of the Tutor Podcast the weekly show for everyone in the business of helping people. I'll be with you every step of the way as you start, grow and love your tutoring business. I promise to keep everything simple with no jargon, no buzzwords and no BS. Because the bottom line is simple. I want to help you make more money and make more of a difference to your clients. So if you're good with that, let's crack on with the show. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about building routines to make your business run more smoothly. Now, it's only fair to ask a few questions about routines, like what do I mean by the word routine? What sorts of routines are there? How do they work? What are your current routines? What are your back office routines, your administrative routines, if you like? And do you have any strategy and planning routines? And do you have any personal development routines? So I think they're the key points that we'll be addressing. So I'll loop back and we'll dive straight in for some detail. So what do I mean by routines? Well, a routine is more or less the business version of a habit. So for instance, if you were to bite your fingernails, that's a habit. And it's something that more or less happens automatically without you thinking about it. Businesses tend to perform much the same sort of role within their daily operations. Everything we're talking about here, all the routines and habits are something that happens the same way every time. And it is pretty much automatic and unconscious once it's established and it's deeply grooved in. As business people, we could think of these as our standard operating procedures and we might even write them up in an operations manual if we ever needed to train another person to do that particular thing within the organization, perform that role, that task. And the routine is also your standard of performance, a yardstick, if you like. It's a measure of normality. The routine is what should happen unless there's an emergency or a change in circumstances that demands a different response. So basically, Something happens within the organization. We make a sale, we raise an invoice, we perform our routine for sales. Everything happens like clockwork, at least in theory. So what sort of routines are there within a typical teaching business? Well, they're obviously scheduling routines. You want to have your schedule in a nice, even routine. Start your working day at the same time every day if you can or at least the same time every day of every week. So on Mondays, you might start at 2 p.m. Wednesdays, you might start at 3 p.m. Thursdays, whatever time it is. Try and keep it constant so that from one week to the next, you're not juggling your life around your work. That's really important because you have consistency. You can plan ahead if you know that you don't start work till 3 p.m., say, or 4 p.m., You know that's work time. Everything else can be built around that basic idea. Another routine that's essential to think about is your preparation for your work time. 
how you're going to dress, what state is your teaching room in, if you're traveling, is your equipment all packed and ready to go, is it all safe and checked, the actual preamble, if you like, to going out and doing the job. It's all preparation. After the preparation, then you've got the actual performance of your job. This is the time you're face-to-face with clients. This is where you're making a difference, and it's actually where you're making your money. So be aware that everything you do within the performance part of your daily work routine is vitally important. Make it as routine for you as possible. And that doesn't mean make it dull and anodyne, because you still want to have bags of energy, bags of enthusiasm, and really tailor your tuition for every student if you can, because everybody responds in different ways. Now, at the end of your teaching session with each student, review quickly what has happened. Make notes, keep your record. You can always check back and you'll never get lost. Reflect on what went well, reflect on what went poorly, and make a note to yourself very quickly of how to do it better next time. Another routine that tutors, I think, are awful at, as a species, we seem to be very poor at strategic planning. Many of us, and particularly I think music teachers like myself, are prone to this. We just don't look ahead. Maybe we're just so thrilled to be teaching what we love, our instrument, playing music, having some fun helping people achieve their dreams. We get lost in the moment. A little bit of me on a personal note here. I didn't plan very far ahead in the early times because I was sure I was going to be found out. That was my imposter syndrome nibbling away at me the whole time. And we'll talk about that in a later edition, a later episode of the podcast. So strategically plan, put aside some time once a week, once a month, and then go once a quarter or once every six months, go and take a day out to just plan what's going to happen for the next six months. Something I do know for sure is the six months will pass faster than you expected. One of the worst things that made me wake up to the importance of strategic planning was basically turning 50. And I thought, well, I've got 15 years 15 years more teaching. Okay, it's great. I love teaching. Don't want to stop it. But what else? When the music stops, what's there for me? And I had to start to develop a strategic plan. For myself, that got me into property investment, product creation, and adding additional streams of income to what I do as a tutor. I recommend the strategic planning process. Again, I'll cover a lot of that in later episodes of the podcast. So, Why am I talking about routines, really? Well, the short answer is they work. A routine takes a complex chain of tasks and simply puts them in an orderly queue so that when the first thing happens, it dominoes the second one, which knocks down the domino of the third one and the fourth and so on. The the sequence is, is usually referred to as queue, action and reward. So the cue is the first thing you do right now, bang, do it. That starts the second thing, the third and fourth and so on until the end. And then you can feel good about it. And when you feel good about it, you reinforce the habit. So for me, the cue is 
get my teaching room ready for that day's teaching. At the end of it, I put everything away tidily. I vacuum the room out. I'll look around and take note of all the good stuff I did during the day. Once you have a routine of some sort, it's quite easy to change it as long as you keep the cue the same. When I was cycle racing, an amateur bike racer, the cue was just put on my cycling shoes. As soon as they were on, bang, it was as though I'd pushed a bobsleigh down the top of the crest to run. Everything happened from that point on. Shoes on, click, 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 the ratchets went up, and mm, I've got to go ride. As automatic as that. Now it's, I pull on my running shoes, my barefoot running shoes. I don't approve of big bouncy running shoes. They're horrible things. Put on my running shoes and a pair of shorts. I'm going to run. They're my cues. All I have to do is leave them out inside my bed so that when I wake up, they're there. They're the first things I put on. I'm pretty much out the door straight away. So I recommend you identify your current routines. What do you do before you see a client? And how do you pre-frame your encounter with the client? Do you visualise how the session is going to go? You have a definite plan for what's going to happen. Then how do you greet the client? Because if the greeting is done properly, it's consistent and the language forms you use is consistent. Your posture and your style, your clothing is consistent. You've pre-framed consistency with yourself as a major part of the client's encounter with you. You've established your position as, as a consistent figure of authority. Then you can put your content into it. Do the teaching session itself. All the time you'll be running little subroutines. At the end of the session, I want you to book the return journey. In other words, book the next session. When I drove taxis, when I came back from working in Eastern Europe 20 odd years ago now, I thought I'd drive taxis for six months. It was, an, it was essentially done for tax reasons. It worked better that way. I found I could double my, my income more or less. When I dropped someone off, I'd ask them if they wanted to book me for the return journey. I'd take the book in there. So book the next session. Keep your notes. It's really important. After the session with your client, you've got any follow-up work? Do you have any downloads, emails or further information you need to send them? Did you develop any insights from the session? I always have a blank piece of paper or my big old file of facts on the desk open during a session. And it might just be that I use a form of words or an idea floats into my head during the session. I'll just quickly scroll it down. At the end of the session, at the end of the teaching day, then I'll be into that, write the notes out, and that will go into my my capture book where I put my ideas. Sometimes they'll just gestate. Sometimes it'll go straight back into the rag bag of my mind and be used the next day if it's a great form of words. For instance, one of my students said that he played so lightly that the notes fell out of his fingertips. I went, Ooh, I got to write that down. So I wrote down, I've used that phrase ever since. The other thing I'll do is I'll review the session and I'll plan the next session with that student. 
So let's move into the back office. What happens in your back office? Do you have a routine for banking the cash? You have a routine for reconciling the bank statement, for doing the bookkeeping and the accounting. You should have routines for dealing with the paperwork. Either yourself or your outsource team should have a standard operating procedure so that you're not all over the place with the clock ticking down at year end and suddenly you find you've got a whole year's worth of bookkeeping and accounting to do and you're up against a deadline. It's a horrible situation to be in. It happens too often. Don't let it happen to you. So marketing. What do you do about marketing? Do you have a marketing routine? Do any marketing. All the marketing is, is telling the world what you do. And putting yourself in front of your ideal clients. Making yourself visible to people who'd be great fun to teach. Who are happy to pay you your designated rate. Marketing is hooking you up with your customers. That's it. It's not deceiving anybody. It's not BSing anybody. It's just putting the word out. So the other back office thing is, again, schedule. Schedule your time. Optimize your time. You only have a finite amount of it. Spend 10 minutes every day looking at your schedule, figuring out what to do tomorrow. I don't think it's a great idea to only have teaching in your daily schedule. I think that all of us should be working on ourselves in the field of improving what we do upping our game on a daily basis. I'll move to a little bit more on personal development in a little while in this episode. But I want to move on to strategy and planning. Strategy and planning for tutors is way too often neglected. Strategy and planning routines really ask us to be honest about is our strategy working? Are we making progress? I strongly suggest you put time in your diary on a weekly, monthly and quarterly basis to sit down quietly away from home, away from your working environment to think about what your business is actually doing. Have yourself a standard procedure for doing this. I use the same worksheets every month to assess where I'm at. Am I making progress? Is it going forwards? Is it going backwards? Is it going even in the direction I want it to go? What do I want to do more of, less of? What do I want to keep doing the same? And what do I want to start doing? And what do I want to stop doing? If I do that once a month and then I take a look at it every week, I won't get too focused on today. My view on this is that tomorrow will soon be yesterday. And if all I am focused on is today, then I'll just have a series of todays that become a series of yesterdays. And the big stuff that matters most won't get done. Essentially, I'm planning my future according to my ideals and my aspirations. And that matters, really matters to us. I suppose I have a proverbial image in my mind of a an old music teacher. In my mind, it's a piano teacher who can't play anymore because her hands are all shot up and she's got no financial security She's skinned, she's miserable, she's unhappy, and she thinks she's wasted a lot of her time. I don't really want to be that. When I hit 50, I thought there was a chance I could be that. And now, it's a few years later, 
and it's not going to be that at all. But that took a lot of planning, a lot of work to get there. Sitting down and doing the planning made it happen. Please don't skimp on your planning and your strategy. Okay, then finally, let's move on to personal development. As anybody who knows me will freely testify, I'm a huge fan of personal development and the self-help industry. Partly because I'm a personal coach as well as a guitar teacher. But also because personal development books and tapes and audio programs have changed my life from being essentially a snotty-nosed kid from a very rough part of town with extremely low aspirations to being now a a book-solid tutor, an independent business person and a property investor, an author, a poet, a composer and a whole bunch of other things. It's almost like there isn't enough time in a day to pursue all my interests and, and passions. When I was a kid, I was told I was only going to work in a factory. If I was lucky, I'd get a job in a factory. Getting into personal development and working harder on myself than I did on anything else totally changed my life from one of negativity, suicidal thoughts and essentially alcoholism to what I am currently, which is energetic, positive, enthusiastic and passionate about what I do. It's a great life. I owe an enormous debt of gratitude to the personal development publishing business and to the guys who wrote the books, made the tapes and changed my life. So don't skimp on it. Put time aside. If you're short of time, listen to audio programs in the car. I call my car the four-wheel university because I learned it absolute boatload of great stuff while I've been driving it around. When I'm pottering in the house, I've usually got an audio book on headphones. And even when I'm out walking or shopping, I'll still be topping my brain up with other people's best ideas. It happens all the time. It's just part of my daily routine. If I'm in the car, clunk, iPod on the dashboard, hold a thing, plug it into the aux socket on the car and listen to an audiobook. It's just routine. It's normal for me. So, I think all in all, habits are really the shortcut to excellence. If your habits are good and supportive, and you have a habit of good timekeeping, productivity, honesty, all the good habits roll in to essentially become what's called character. If your habit is to goof off, deliver things late, not show up on time. That's your character, is what you're perceived as. So create the right habits for you that will take you and your business forward. Because it's as easy to have a great habit as it is to have a bad habit. And hand upon heart here, guys, the right habits will either make you or they will break you. So think about the habits you've got. Look at how you do things. If you don't have a habit for an activity, start to build one. And when you're starting to build it, keep changing it until it's smooth and it's easy. And reward yourself every time you run that sequence of habits through for yourself. Say well done.
feel good pump your arm up and down a few times go yes or whatever it is that makes you feel good and gives you a quick hit of energy so that about wraps it up for habits in this episode of the judah podcast so i guess that's my 10 cents worth let me know what catches you by the ear today uh tell me how you get on your own quirky and, and fabulous habits along with your triumphs and tribulations I really love to hear from you guys. And in the next episode, I'll be talking about pricing. How to find your own sweet spot price. So join me next time. If you want to start, grow and love a tutoring business, then join me, Neil Cowardo, for the next episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.